When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I am here with Nicole Christofferson. Nicole, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell our listeners who you are and where you're from? Nicole Christofferson, born and raised in Southern California, Huntington Beach. I was in South County um, for my, you know, teen years and landed back in Michigan and then Newport Beach before I relocated to Austin, Texas. So there's my full map history. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. And we were talking before about how I've been to Austin many times. I actually went for July 4th this year, just about a month ago. And it was amazing. Great city. And also, I mean, Elon Musk is predicting it'll be the greatest boom city of the last 50 years when we look back. So Austin is exploding and I'm sure that's part of the reason why you are now there doing real estate, right? Yes. So I fortunately get to do a bunch of personal real estate transactions and facilitate a bunch of referrals right now as I learn um, and build my network of solid professionals to collaborate with. But yeah, that's definitely the prediction with the amount of businesses that are going to be growing here and hiring here and and uh, transferring here. So I'm hoping to um, get to know a lot of people and help a lot of people find homes. That'll be an amazing new chapter to the 20 year real estate journey I'm on. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. So before we get into your journey, let's talk about how it all started. What got you into real estate? Former educator, elementary school, um, moved out of the country and upon returning was asked by my father to try real estate. His friends that he fishes with and hang out with, they're all doing business on the golf course and on the fishing boat. And he thought it was just so great. I should try it before I'm a teacher because God forbid I'd be a teacher my whole life. That was just his thoughts. Try new things before you settle down. That's a really secure career path. So I um, was bilingual at the time because I was very fluent in my second language and started applying for positions in the industry. Um, and it was 2002 at the time. So wasn't licensed, was working on my classes, just blind interviewing, using my language, my college degree, and found a job at a very well-known boutique real estate brokerage in Newport Beach as um, an assistant to a broker associate. And got my license and kind of never stopped doing real estate from there. Dabbled back in education in 2008, nine, which the market kind of changed then. So I'd teach fourth grade during the week and go to school at night and sell homes on the weekends. Um, So that was a short little stint until I was pretty much full time and working towards where I am today. So broker's license and started my own brokerage in 2007. No, 2014. Sorry, 2014. So got it. 
And when did you move to Austin to basically start a, a new market with your brokerage? Right. Um, when did that journey begin? Yes. So middle of February, 2021, uh, actually beginning of February, 2021, I landed foot in Austin, Texas for the first time ever. Took a direct flight from LAX here to check out Austin. We had explored Dallas a little bit in November and December of 2020. And I was under contract within 24 hours of landing here on a home. And I packed the entire contents of my warehouse, the building I own in Rancho Santa Margarita where NMC is, and my home in Newport Beach that I just purchased and moved into two years ago and moved my entire family here in April. So February, March, April, that would be my... Austin introduction and journey. And here I am in August. Happy. Right. Happy as can be. And mm-hmm. so it, it appears that you you now have your real estate license or, or are working on... I am dangerously your... close. I'm done with okay. my hours. I'm about ready to take my test. So yep. I'm almost there. I have a great uh, partnership right now with a broker here and I will be fully functional very shortly. So yeah, because as we know, it's state to state. So you know, you could be doing it 20 years in California, which you move and you got to get recertified. So that's uh, not reciprocal here in Texas. So (laughs) started over, which you know, I'm proud to say it was good refresher, but very frustrating after 20 years and running your own brokerage to be looking through principles classes again and calculating square footage, but it's okay. It was a refresher. Yeah, absolutely. And where were you in terms of transaction volume in California prior to you leaving? So we were doing, gosh, if I use, because last year was a little different um, and the year before was a little bit different, but I was doing on average about 20 million a year, 30 transactions or so. Uh, I have a team of seven girls right now. I have a couple of referral agents throughout Northern California um, and in Arizona, RFR agents that were in Orange County and moved out to refer business and things. So Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And for someone that you might be doing, I don't know, 8 million, 10 million, and they want to now break into the 20 million range, uh, what would you suggest? What what advice would you give them? And also what advice should they ignore? Oh my goodness. I just think authentic business with really good communication outside of even your prospect list or lead generation or whatever you're doing to get clients, communication with people you know, um, communication with other professionals in the industry, your vendors, I think that thorough communication and authenticity right now is taking transactions and business so much farther. So I'm this year, I'm earning referrals from my commercial realtors that I've referred business to over the last 10 years, my lenders, just really maintaining professional relationships and asking people how they are and, and following up my clients authentically, You know, whether it be a birthday or our holiday events we used to have at the office, pre the situation we're in right now. But authentic communication is really the top for us at NMC. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Do you have a single most important action that you take on a daily basis that has attributed most to your success? It seems like you've been pretty successful from the early 2000s on through today, even through, you know, the recession, the pandemic, you've pretty much just made it happen and, you know, kept plugging away and and found a way. So is there a single most important action that you could point to that, you know, it's, it's like a daily habit that really helps set you up for success? I have a motto in my family and in my brokerage and with everybody I know that um, kind of evolved when I started my family. It's work hard, smile large. You'll see it hashtag on everything I do. It's how I send my kids off on their day. And it's how I wake up every morning to my alarm to wake up to silence and have some time alone and write my intentions for the day, my to-dos for the day and exercise before my family wakes up. So I definitely think starting my day with my mindset at work hard, smile large and 
getting all my workout and my organization done before they wake up so I can just smile and I see their faces and they start their day is kind of what we live by. So we, you know, work long hours, we work weekends, we do a lot to make things happen for our clients and for our business. And it's all worth it when I get to smile with my family when I'm with them or, you know, go and travel or move across state line, you know, we just kind of um, stay positive. So I start my day every day with that. I love that. Work hard, smile large, right? It's all worth it. Hard work is always worth it. This, your smiles tells a million words. So my kids, yeah. Um, yeah, I say work hard. They get out of the car and they say smile large every day. I don't let them leave my site when they go to school or do their activities without saying that. Oh, I love that. And it's so much better than work hard, play hard. It's a, like a way better saying than that. So I love that. Probably gonna, going to be the title of this podcast. Yay. Work hard, smile large. That's awesome. Okay. So... What are your predictions for where the future of the industry is is heading? I mean, Tesla reinvented the car buying experience. You know, we we go online, we pick out our car, they assemble it and deliver it to our door. <laughs> it's it's so easy. You don't have to I go, have to. you know. We're yeah. a Tesla family, so I completely awesome. know. We just, we just had a lot serviced on our car in our driveway here. And he came in, had ice water with us, told us more about Tesla. My husband has the 12th Tesla that was ever manufactured. So wow. we learned that this week from Tesla. So I agree, like that history and that simplicity and that communication and that authenticity in their process, it's speaks volumes. So I definitely, I can see our industry evolving. I've watched it evolve with the third party aggregates. I was a pro Zillow premier agent in the beginning and getting reviews before everybody else. And honestly, that's really how I catapulted NMC Realty when I started my brokerage, but I think technology now and today um, in simplifying the process, it's only as good as the person who uses it. Um, I think our transactions are going to be more simplified by people who don't want to trust others or don't have good communication or relationships with real estate professionals. And I think there's going to be a divide amongst professionals for that reason. Um, Unfortunately, you know, I just kind of already see that happening. People who just send offers blindly an email but don't preface them for their clients or anything. You know, that's where technology is starting to kind of fail us a little bit. Mm. Um, but I think that with our, I mean, let's get digital signatures and all of our drop boxes and not running around paper files or paper maps anymore. And where it goes from here, I'm kind of judging by my experience in Texas now with what's entailed in a transaction compared to California. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't even know what to expect in the future, but I'm already seeing it happen. So what's your experience or what do you think in comparing it to Tesla? I think technology, digital signatures, working from a mobile device, not needing to have our computer all the time is already a step in that direction. But beyond that, what are you seeing? I'm curious. So great point. And I'll be more concerned about the real estate agent being replaced if Elon gets into real estate. (laughs) because he's an absolute genius and, you know, no one thought he could reinvent the car buying experience or the electric vehicle. And now buying an electric vehicle is actually cool. And by the way, it outperforms any gas vehicle. And, and like, he, he just made it everything that we don't waste time at the gas station on our phone, doing email, like that 10 minutes at a time. We just go all day long, full tank of gas, full tank, full charge every day. It's right. So if Elon gets into, you know, automating the real estate sales process, that's when I'll be a little bit more concerned about it. Not that these big iBuyer companies aren't doing, you know, everything in their power to replace the real estate agent. But here, here's my thought. I think that some of the additional services like 
escrow title, um, certain aspects will start to be even more streamlined as the time goes on. But the real estate agent is the center of the transaction. And really they are the emotional support, the psychologist for the buyer, the seller, the consultant for them. And you can't automate that relationship and that expertise. So that's my opinion. I think it'll get faster and faster. Yes, commissions will probably be compressed because the agents that are doing a great job, their volume will go up and the agents that are underperforming will be kind of cut out of the industry because there won't be room for them anymore. That's that's where the iBuyers, in my opinion, will pick up market shares from the underperforming agents. But for the top agents that focus on relationships and communication, there is always going to be a need for them. So that's my belief. Uh, well, I'm going to speak from experience today right now and what I've gone through. I've done one, two, three, four, five personal transactions since February. And not one of the other agents has showed up to deliver keys. Not one of the other agents has helped facilitate anything with regards to third-party vendors. And I, I that is eye-opening. I have told my team, and we've been walking through some different um, strategies and things for Q3 and Q4 and and our brokerage announcing our bi-state kind of relocation story with my um, history here the last couple of months. And I'm shocked at the lack of personalization that is being put into transactions right now. And I think it's going to supersede any technology that comes in. The consumer is going to want to know they're taken care of. And I don't think they get that from their devices, you know, mm. and I don't think a device is going to show up and hand somebody keys and make them feel like that's their home or their investment. You know what I mean? That it's that touch. And that's been lost in my transactions from the other reciprocal parties. And, and I'm really excited to capitalize on that because we pride ourselves in meeting our clients, handing them the keys, you know, watching them take their first step through that door as the owners of the home. And I think that speaks volumes um, for people who are living in a very fast paced I mean, distant world, people are working from home, they're not even seeing people as much right now. You know, it's just, I really think that cannot be replaced. And I can't even fathom how it would be replaced. Because people appreciate being acknowledged. And that's the biggest investment they've ever made. If somebody doesn't hand them a key, and they're picking up a key under a mat, or the doors unlocked, like it's just super impersonal. And we're here to make sure that, you know, they're 100% satisfied from beginning to end with their purchase or their investment. So... I don't know. That part will be hard to replace if that's coming. Yeah, absolutely. On that note, I'm curious if you have anything that you do for your clients that nobody else in the industry does that you know of. Um, Well, we have a motto of exclusive representation. So everything we do for every client is tailored to their particular needs or family style or anything like that. I know that we help facilitate any sort of concierge service they need for their relocation or for their move or for their repairs or for their improvements. Um, We work with interior designers that help them. We take everything one step farther. I think concierge service is being applied, but in a more corporate kind of essence, we take it in-house. We store staging items in the warehouse. We own our building. I, I have a warehouse full of staging items. So we're kind of trying to be a one-stop shop for our clients to where they don't have to worry about anything. From the time they understand the process and we've educated them personally, they we kind of take over and they have no hands off. They don't have to worry about facilitating anything other than enjoying the process and focusing on what their end goal is. So that's awesome. I don't know a lot of people that do that, but you know, it's close to what is taking place in different facets of people's business. So 
Yeah, that's great. So I know that lead generation is a topic that everyone talks about. It gets kind of beat to death, but I'm curious what your number one most profitable lead generation source is other than referrals, of course. So do you have any type of paid advertising, blogging, any type of inbound um, lead generation process? I currently am not lead generating because I currently have corporate relationships for people being relocated or for first time home buyers. So we've been focusing primarily on lunch and learns and we do series of lunch and learns with corporate business entities to help educate their staff, to empower them to work hard and smile large and work towards home ownership. So that has been a key facet. And I would say that's pulling together my history of being an educator and really thriving on human connection and being in front of people um, and educating people about the home buying process. And some of those experiences come to fruition within a month of meeting in an office and speaking to a group of people at lunchtime. All the way up to like two years. We have people from two and a half years ago when we started doing these lunch and learn series that are now doing things. They've remodeled their homes, they're getting ready to sell, and they're they trust us because we gave them an education series about what home ownership is and how to get there. So it's been pretty powerful. Yeah, that, that makes sense as well. I mean, corporations want their employees to be there for a long time. And if they own a home in the market, it's probably an extra layer of security rather than them renting. Mm-hmm. So that, that makes total sense. And just those type of outside the box strategic partnerships can keep a real estate professional very busy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life and or career? So Fierce Conversations is one that I always go back to and listen to on my Audible. It kind of reminds me how to more eloquently speak business or converse with my peers in the industry and things like that. It's just something I just touch on a chapter here and there on. Lean In is one that I've referenced back to quite often. Those are two of my top ones that come to mind right now. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, I I love getting... Simon Sinek. Um, Simon Uh Sinek is another one. Lead with why? No, it's not lead with why. Uh. Oh my goodness. I wish I had the book in front of me right now. I'm going to have to find... Anyways... There's a Simon Sinek book that I've it'll, read. A few it'll, times. it'll come to you right when we move on. That's so my style. I can't even recall <laughs> movie titles, but I recall faces all the time. So I'm a people person. <laughs> there you go. So I'm curious if you have a favorite failure. I mean, it's easy to look at your success and it seems like, oh, everything just fell into place. But most times there's been a lot of hurdles along the way. And so do you have a favorite failure of yours that set you up for later success? Yes. Um, when I took the leap of faith to get my broker's license in 2014 and start my brokerage, I had my second daughter a month later. So I never really took time off, but I wasn't a business person per se. So failing at my books and my financials, the first year and a half of my business was really an eye opener for me because there mm-hmm. takes a lot of capital investment and in lead generating and and marketing and things like that. And it was at a time where those things weren't so readily available to every agent. They were very costly. Um, and I wasn't hyper-focused on my PL and my books and things. And it was eye-opening and it was so inspiring. So I was, I once I got everything straight and was looking at it and my business was doing well and agents wanted to join my brokerage. And I was just an independent broker doing my thing with my assistant. That's all I set out to do with my goals so I could raise my daughters. My clients promoted it because they love working with me. They didn't want me to have a corporate. They didn't, doesn't matter what corporate logo is on my stuff. They were hiring me and my brokerage started growing. 
I had to come out ahead and I needed to have capital and I needed to reinvest in my agents and my business and stuff. And so coming back from that was so inspirational because I would have never learned that if I hadn't, you know, gotten myself in that position. So I never was, you know, it wasn't so bad, but for me and how responsible I am, I couldn't believe I got myself there. So I don't think I'd be here today and be running my successful brokerage and being able to reinvent our marketing and our websites and you know what I do for my agents and our CRMs and and things like that if I didn't learn that lesson. So I run my brokerage. I treat my team like family. I treat myself like an agent at my brokerage. I'm no higher up than they are. And it was all because of that first year of business as a broker owner. Awesome. Yeah. Great learning experience. Yeah. What's one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? It can, it can be non-monetary. But uh, do you have something that comes to mind when I ask that question? Probably my investment in my branding, because it was something like what represents you um, in terms of your brokerage or your brand and coming to that and having it mean something was where it all started. I knew I wanted to be a broker. I knew I wanted to have my own company. I knew it was the key to my success. It's how I came up with my logo. It involved other people um, using their creative genius and getting feedback from family and clients and friends. And um, it was pretty inspirational. That pivoting point in my career. That's NMC. NMC Realty is the name of my brokerage. My logo is like a shining keyhole. Um, it's a little bit surfery. Um, it's green. It's natural, like the environment, authentic, real, growing, always growing. But the keyhole was pretty important to, you know, it being the key to, you know, our clients' futures, their investments to NMC, helping them. So that was fun. That was a good part of it. Nice. Yeah, I, I love that. And my agency offers branding services. So talking about how the brand is represented to the world the meaning behind it, the story that can then be told from that. That is really what resonates. A a fancy logo, if it has no depth, it's not really going to connect or go anywhere. But once you connect it to a story, and I mentioned the book, Simon Sinek, Lead With Why, he's all about, you know, people, if they believe what you believe, will go to the end of the earth to help you out. And how are they going to know what you believe if you don't communicate it, right? So, you know, that's part of the branding process that we go through is we really help extract from the the broker and the, the creative mind behind this entire adventure what they believe, what's important to them, what their mission, vision, values are, their manifesto, and and then put that out to the world in a way that's very classy, makes them look good, but also helps them connect, on a much deeper level, on a much much more emotional level with their target market. It identifies and evokes an emotion. Like my clients see that logo and they know that he, you know, secured their home or secured our relationship. And that's why they're, you know, we talk every year on their kid's birthday or on their home anniversary. So it represents a lot for the experience for every person. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I have an interesting question for you. What is an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love? Is there anything that it's like out of the ordinary, but out of the ordinary? (laughs) All right, go go for it. I have. I'm I'm trying to think an absurd one at at that. Hmm. Like you bike ten miles every morning, uh, you know, or you go, you dip into an ice bath to, you know, or like uh, you listen to music super loud when you're at the gym, or I don't know, something just any little thing something really crazy it's yeah. like not anything that i can think of off the top of my head other than oh my goodness 
Am I, I'm not that boring. I promise you. I'm like, I, music isn't like really my thing. I, my family has music playing constantly in the background. So I often find myself getting in the car and going to work in silence because I'm able to like really personally interact and, and have like, you know, clear my mind. And I don't know, I, I would find myself in silence more than I would find myself with music. And I don't know if it's, that's my calm nature. Mm. I need silence in my daily routine, whether it be two minutes or 20 minutes. Um, I really like to find my calm and breathe and stay grounded in who I am. I'm super aware of how much I have, how much, how hard I've worked for it and how, um, how important it is for me to stay centered for my family and for my business. So, I mean, the power of silence is not, it's not a unique thing or anything like that, but I don't think everybody needs it. Like I do. It's very powerful for me in my days. Yeah. Interesting. That is definitely your unusual habit. I mean, at least for me, when I'm trying to deep focus or study, I actually need some kind of rhythm or some kind of audio. Typically, I do it without words. So it'll be some kind of instrumental music, classical music, deep focus music. But I need that. I mean, sometimes, rarely, I'll sit in silence and work. But I'm a crazy, Here, I'm a crazy green thumb, too. So I have a lot of plants, a lot of inside okay. plants, like a, like a hotel lobby kind of. And I have a really good green thumb. And that's also my thing, like watering my plants in the morning before the kids are awake, when the sun's coming yeah. up and not just calmness. I think it's really important really in our industry. And even in my life, I'm Italian. Like we talk a lot. We interact with people a lot. So really being kind to myself and centering myself and nature touch, I just touching nature. That's really important and kind of unique to who I am. So my friends, I, they adopted my plants when I moved. So I'm like, it's my child. You're adopting it. Cause I couldn't transport them across state lines and the um, temperatures and things like that. So that would be my little unique fun factoid. Got it. Makes sense. <laughs> I love that too. Uh, we do a little bit of gardening here, my fiance and I. So I, I think it's a, it's a great aspect of, of life. It is. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Um, really understanding what work-life balance is. Mm. So I had okay. a daughter 10 years ago. I had another daughter seven years ago. I worked on the delivery table. I was signing contracts 10 years ago when I was delivering my daughter on the delivery table. I never took maternity leave. And helping my husband and supporting him get to where his corporation is and him supporting me and raising our children. He kept telling me, slow down, like breathe, like these days you're working seven days a week and you know, you're never taking time off. And I really started forcing myself to make that time and, and know that like, I'm never going to get that time back. And my business has been doing better. I'm not as run down. My, I, I have these amazing, more amazing memories with my daughters now that they're older. Like, I don't feel like I missed out on any time before, but I also feel like it wasn't sustainable. And so that meaning of what work-life balance is and truly finding it was, I think, my biggest thing in the last five years. That's huge. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what life's all about. Life is not about work, right? Oh. Work should enable us to live a life of meaning, spend time with family and loved ones and exercise our bodies and learn and grow and give back. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big so proponent of that. From that. You know, you gain so much more from that. You need that. It makes work more meaningful. You know, as much as yep. you think you're gaining from work, you're not gaining anything if you don't have something to compare it to, you know, so taking right. those experiences in your personal life, it incorporates into your business. So yeah, absolutely. And Darren Hardy talks about increasing productivity through taking vacation. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he like hooks, hooks people in that are overachievers. Like you want to 
there'll be your results this year. And everyone's like, yeah, I'm listening. And he's like, go take some time off. Because <laughs> chances are you work through your vacations. It's right? called getting uncomfortable because that's how we get to where we need to get in business. That's how we how we evolve in unique situations. Like we're uncomfortable. You get into transactions and you're uncomfortable. You inevitably learn something from it. No mm-hmm. transactions the same. It's the same thing in life, you know. Like it's it's good. Be uncomfortable. Go on vacation and get all stressed out, packing and getting there, and not working around the clock, you know, because you're going to come back and appreciate your time a little bit more, probably. So I don't know. I like work life balance. I work hard, smile large. Yeah, it's good. It's healthy. Yeah, my biggest fear is burnout, honestly. So it, I make sure to take tons of vacation time. I live in a, a beautiful place where I want to hey, live. Surf. You do you shut your phone off? Do you truly detach from work when you're on vacation or do you just touch in here and there? No, I touch in. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Never, you never I mean, it's, it's, it, it's fair. I yeah. do do a technology fast though. So at least once per year for about four days, I'll go camping where there's no reception. That's really powerful. Even yeah. just four days. It's really powerful because usually if I'm, if I'm in some tropical place, there's reception and you know, I'm, I already have my phone set up to where my notifications are very limited so I can focus. So that, that helps me truly be on vacation when I am on vacation, but I'm still checking in to be fair. Checking your emails, you're still falling through on stuff and it's inevitable. If you're a good business person and you, you whatever, you can tell nobody you're going on vacation the minute you're packing to go on vacation. You've got two large deals that drop fire, in front of you. And you're like, I should go on vacation more often. There's signs are there. There's signs everywhere. But mm. whether you come back from your vacation and plan your next one is like you get distracted. Right. So um, we all laugh about it on the team because they're like, okay, I'm going to be gone the 10th or whatever. And then they get like three deals the day before they leave. And so we really operate nice at NMC because we know it's it's going to happen. Um, right. And everybody feels comfortable still going on their vacation and managing that and not being you know, overwhelmed with their way. So Yeah, it's great. Sounds like the members of your team actually have a lifestyle as an agent, which is, is tough a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. So do you have a process for evaluating what to say no to? I know a lot of opportunities come your way, but do you have any type of process that helps you to definitively say no process. I'd say I have an intuition. I've gotten really good at vetting what is going to be mutually beneficial. I think that's what business is. I'm not really into wasting other people's time and you can kind of intuitively know if something isn't, you're not able to get to their end product and have it be enjoyable for you or your business or whatever, or for them. Ultimately, you know what I mean? If I'm not passionate about it, or I don't have that connection, or I'm not the best agent for them, then I'm for sure. Okay. Saying no, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely not a no person in life. You know, I'm definitely a pleaser. I definitely try to help everybody like help everyone. So it's a hard thing to do, but in 20 years of doing real estate, and I had to say no to property management. I really backed away from that two years ago. And that was really hard because it was a lot of my clients that I was managing property for. So that's a big no that I had to say in my business. It's just not a facet that I'm comfortable doing, especially not in California anymore. So it just turned, answered a few questions, but just being intuitive. I think being honest with yourself and being intuitive is what kind of led led me to be able to say no on those things. Got it. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I appreciate you sharing that. Is there a question I should have asked you or, you know, anything that you'd like to elaborate on from earlier? Can you send me referrals from California and we're going to be able to work together between California and Texas state lines? <laughs> Always. 
All right, good. Well, there we go. That was the only thing I could think of. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, how can my listeners contact you if they want to send you a referral? We are on Instagram. So you can private message us on Instagram at nmcrealty.com. We have a website. Uh, you can schedule a virtual coffee with me on um, nmcrealty.com. Feel free to reach out and contact me directly. My direct cell phone number is on everything as well. So I'm a good communicator. We'd love to hear from anyone. I'm happy to answer any questions. Any professionals, any realtors, brokers that want to talk to me about this process, I'm getting ready to try and start blogging more. I kind of kept it really personal and tight-knit at first to make sure my family was here and grounded and persevering through the transition. And it's blown my mind. My kids are happier than they could ever imagine them be. And so I'm happy to answer any questions anybody has about that because it's real and it's raw and it's positive for us. And I'm here. So stay tuned for the relocation launch on nmcrealty.com or nmcrealty on Instagram. So coming to you soon. Awesome. I love it. Nicole Christofferson just relocated from Southern California out to Austin and is transitioning her entire real estate brokerage over there. Really cool journey. I'm excited for you to tell that story. I'll be going back and forth. So the team is still in Orange County. I go back when need be. I've been back and forth every two weeks so far. So got it. Good to know. Good to know. And uh, I appreciate you being on and, and sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a great rest of your week. Keep in touch. Appreciate it. Will do. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.